If you would please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We will read the word of the Lord beginning at verse 35 through verse 49. But our focus is on 35 through 38. uh, And it's dealing with our resurrected bodies. Resurrected bodies. We are in part A these last three weeks, two weeks. Uh, We will conclude part A today. Perhaps. Let's read the word of the Lord and ask him to teach us. Beginning in verse 35, 1 Corinthians 15. But someone will say, how are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? You fool. That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be but a bare grain, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body just as he wishes, and to each of the seeds a body of its own. All flesh is not the same flesh. There is one flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another flesh of birds, another of fish. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one, and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, there is another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for the star differs from the star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, The spiritual is not the first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthly. The second man is from heaven, as is the earthly. So also are those who are earthly. And as the heavenly, so also those who are heavenly. Just as we are born in the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Father, help us to hear. Help us to draw deep on this teaching. Help us to be overwhelmed by the magnitude that you gave the Apostle Paul so that he would give it to us even this day. Father, the resurrection is the longing of the saints of the Most High God. Father, may we understand that. May we drink deep of that. May we rest longingly on that. And Father, may that be the focus of our hope. Help us to hear, Lord, to your glory and praise. Amen. We are looking at verses 35 through 38, and it is basically an illustration of the resurrection. Um, Our resurrection, our bodies, what will happen to us. And what would happen, and what you have seen in these uh, verses leading up to this, is that Paul confronts what the argument would be. And, and let's be realistic. Resurrection? Resurrection from the dead. 
Okay? I, have you really thought about that? I, I've seen an awful lot of cemeteries and they don't seem to get emptier. I don't understand. Do you understand what you're saying when you say resurrection of the dead? But the argument would be, well, it's a spiritual thing. Now, I will agree that when a saint dies, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Okay, and you know, well, what about purgatory? I've skied there. It's not that good. It's, I mean, it's okay, but it's, it's just, when you look at how far you have to drive to it, it's really not worth it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I have skied it. <laughs> you know, everybody says, "Well, I'm stuck in purgatory." Bummer. Okay, but the, the the argument is is that he says no. Christ raised, and we have eyewitnesses. Okay, all right. You had eyewitnesses to his resurrection, but but does that really deal with us? Then he goes on and says, "Then what is our message? If we're not going to be raised." then why would anybody believe in what we preach? Oh, yeah, I guess you got a point there, Paul. There is kind of a importance dealing with that message. Absolutely. But you would, have, you would throw right in the middle of this the skeptic. And that's what he deals with. Verse 35 are the two questions that come out of the skeptic. And he deals with the questions in 35 all the way through verse 49. And we'll deal with those in in stages. But he says, well, how are the dead raised? I mean, in that day and age, uh, they would either set them on fire. Okay, that was sort of the Greek mindset behind it. Remember, they would set two coins in their eyes, and then burn the body, and the coins were for the, the person to be able to get across the river of death to pay the, the, the ferry, okay? Um, seems like a good waste of change, but whatever. Um, you know, who's running around and getting those quarters? But, uh, but that was what they would believe. Or um, very, the only people who mummified were the Egyptians, to embalm someone. Everybody else, they just wrapped them and throw them in a hole. It could be a grave. It could be a cave. Uh, it could be whatever they wanted to, to throw them in. And if you throw them in a grave and you cover them up with dirt, the question is going to be this. You bury them with a shovel? I mean, how, if they're raised, are they going to dig their way out? Okay. That's, that's what the skeptic is saying. And then the second side of it is, what kind of body did they come out with? I mean, if you cremate somebody and they're resurrected bodily, do you get this resurrected stack of ashes? That's what they're going to ask. Um, and what if I wasn't real happy with my body to begin with? They stick it in the ground and the sucker gets resurrected. There I am stuck with that thing again. And I want to look forward to this. Why? Okay. I like Paul. He beats around the bush. The literal Greek phrase says, you senseless ones. New American Standard translates it, you fool. You fool. And then he gets right in their face. He says, let me give you an illustration. And that's what we're looking at. What is the illustration? Planting grain, a seed. When you plant a seed, okay, you plant something that's dead. You stick it in the ground. 
And then all of a sudden, what happens? Poof! Up out of the ground, it pushes its way out, and it doesn't look anything like it did when it went into the ground. And he's borrowing an illustration. We looked at this last week on the dying of Christ in chapter 12 of the Gospel of John. Chapter 12 of the Gospel of John sets up what is called the Upper Room Discourse, 13 through 17. And that deals with Jesus saying, I'm out of here, but it's okay. It's okay. It's all in the plan. But he's already told him, he says, unless I am planted in the ground, how will I bear much Fruit. He's already used the illustration in this text that Jesus Christ is the first fruit. He is the guarantee of this great harvest. All right? But in this great harvest, there will always be a death. He says, I love the way this is all phrased. He says, that which you sow. Okay? Who? Senseless ones. You fool. He basically says, the very hand that you are planting that seed, you know this. You know this. That so it comes to life only if what happens? It's dead and buried. It comes to life. So he uses the planting process as the illustration. See, and he's it's so funny about Paul. He says... You have a problem with the concept of resurrection. What do you do with the concept of harvest? And that's what he's using. Seed dies, it decomposes, then it raises. And that was basically, if you look at your outline, that's element one that you have there. It is the dying. It dies. It is buried in the ground. And then it comes forth. And and I want you to think about this, okay? Let's stretch out. Stretch out. Here we go. Okay. Adam. Okay. The first what? Man. He had a body. And that's what I want to look at because if you think about that, you plant it in the ground and it dies and then it comes up. But yet when it comes up, there is a difference. There's a difference. It ain't the same as when it went into the ground. And I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Whatever you guys end up planting in the ground, I'm going to be thrilled to death. It ain't going to be the same when it comes up out of the ground. Nothing personal. I've lived with this thing for 50 some odd years, and there's times I get tired of it. Maybe you don't, but every once in a while, mine talks to me and it's kind of rude. And I'm at times with would volunteer to plant it here let's go throw this thing in and watch it decompose i'm thinking that it's deserved of it okay when you think about adam think with me for a second before the fall okay now listen adam was not glorified all right adam had a body all right it was a fully developed body it was a man's body. He did not come from a womb. You know, and everybody gets philosophical. Well, did he have a belly button? That's it. That's the best question you can come out of the life of Adam. Or he had a belly button. Okay, I have a better one for you. Let me think. I want you to think about Adam's body. You know what was neat about Adam's body? It was only perfect. 
It was only perfect. And yet, it was absolute human, and yet it was perfect. Perfect. Had Adam... Now, here's a better question for you. Okay, whether the belly button or not, because if he he had a belly button, you know what he did in the afternoon. What the heck is that? (laughs) Um, Had he passed the test, the perfect human, would he have been transformed into a glorified, fit-for-eternity body? Interesting question. Okay. I would say yes, and here's why. Why was he kicked out of the garden? Nah. There's disobedience, but there was a danger for him to stay in the garden. The tree of life. He would have been forever in a body that is eternally sinful. Okay, so had Adam passed the test, you and I would have screwed it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> just a footnote. <laughs> if you hadn't, I would have. <laughs> and, you know, and if not, Gabby would. But uh, <laughs> she will. Uh, I, I share that with you because the reason he was removed from there was because of the tree of eternal life. Why? That would have transformed him into an eternal being, an eternal physical human being. Think about that. Forever reigned by sin. Okay? Had he passed the test, he would have been fit for eternity and he would have had a transformed, glorified body. Once he sinned, he had to get out of the garden. Okay. See, the sin is a product of the action. Okay. Now, it came from within. You will know as God knows. Okay. They call that pride. Okay. Because I know people who think they know as God knows. Okay. And you just sit there and go, glad you ain't eating of the tree of life. Anyway. Um, but had he not eaten, had he not eaten, He would have been transformed. He would have been transformed into something that had no ability to sin. See that? Because he, God, didn't want him to eat of that tree, which had given him the glorified body by which he would have lived forever bodily, physically. Okay? So the resurrection theme goes back a few years. Christ had a body. And we'll get more into detail, but what I'm trying to show you is that there is a difference in the one that gets planted and the one that comes out. Christ had a body. Okay? It was a natural human body. I mean, you never thought about it. This is how silly I am. You know, he had to trim his fingernails. Okay, now, unless... Some of you who believe that chewing your fingernails is a sin, uh, he probably didn't do that, huh? But he had a natural body. He had to get a haircut. 
All right? It was just the same as yours and I's. But people say, well, could he have sinned? No. <laughs> no. Well, but no. Please, no. Well, it cheapens, really. You tell him that when you see him. <laughs> you know, you couldn't have sinned, so that was sort of a cheap grace, wasn't it? You tell him that. Okay? <laughs> Don't do it while I'm anywhere in the solar system. <laughs> but you, go ahead. You can ask him about it. Okay? Yet that natural body that Christ had, when it went into the grave, there was something that came out that was definitely different, wasn't it? And yet it went in as death to decompose and it was raised in glory. And yet, you know what? You think about this. Remember last week I shared with you the guys on the road to Emmaus? Okay. And until Christ revealed himself, they were clueless. Think about that for a second. When he was in the upper room and he appeared to the, the, to the disciples in the upper room, what did he show them? His scars. So you have Christ's glorified body with scars. And yet there's still something about him that unless he pulls it back and reveals himself, you don't know who it is. So our resurrected body goes into the ground and when it comes out, it's different. And yet it is absolutely 100% us. It's a fascinating concept, don't you think? You scar a little seed, you stick that seed into the ground and it comes up out of the ground. Can you find that scar? And yet in Christ's body... You could find that scar. His body was so glorious, in fact, no one recognized him. And yet, when he revealed himself and they knew who he was, they saw him as he was before. Same features, same scars. All right? So do you see the second element of this thing is that the resurrected body is different. And it's kind of like this. If I stick a a grain of corn into the ground, I'm really not going to expect to grow broccoli. Right? But when I stick that grain of corn in the ground, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. It will definitely be different than what I stuck in the ground. And then it rises. So there is a sense that there's a difference. It was true of Christ. And Paul is saying it will be true of of us, of every one of us. This body will go into the ground, a seed of grain to decompose, return to dust in the sense of the analogy. And it will come out 
in a different way. In a different way. But listen, I'm not going to go into the ground as Terry and come out as asparagus. That's what the Hindus think. <laughs> they can keep that. Okay, because I know what I'd come out. I'd come out as earthworm. Um, somebody would use me for bait. Um, Paul's saying, you know what? This is no harder to understand than the harvest. Than the harvest. That which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be. I don't go plant a corpse expecting to dig that corpse up or watch that corpse come up just as I put it in the ground. Right? But the bare grain, perhaps of wheat or something like that, you plant it, you let it go. And it comes back up. That's why when I listen to people, they, they try to, um, well, what happens to people who are cremated? Or what happens to if some people are just blowed up into itty bitty pieces? How will God get them back together? And I'm sitting there going, gee, many crickets, he only spoke existence into being. I'm thinking that's not that difficult for him. I don't understand that. I really, really do not understand it. And I get kind of weird about some of this stuff that we do for the memorial and, and remembering and all this. Listen, I love you guys. If something happens to me, do not remember me as me. Wait till you see me next time. Okay? Remember that one. Okay? I have my flaws, my shortcomings, my pains, my aches, my, uh, you know, I don't even like people. And I'm betting you in my resurrected body, I like people. Because in my resurrected body, you'll be likable. <laughs> okay? Well, I, I remember a, a little footnote on that. I remember when I found out we were going to live, get to go to the New Jerusalem, this 1,500-mile cube city. And I thought, ugh, why would I want to be in a city that big with a bunch of people in the city? I don't like city. Oh, that's because of sin. Oh, 1,500 miles cubed city of glorified bodies is going to be a blast. Okay? And I, you know, I don't, you don't even need elevators. So, it'll be fun. Trust me. Okay? This is stuff that when we, when we think about this stuff, we need to understand there must be the dying of the vessel. It's given unto man to die once. Guaranteed. Okay? But in that death, for a Christian, it is a reward. Because it sets the stage for what will come out as difference. And which brings me to the last thing, the desire. Verse 38. All flesh is not the same flesh. Or, no, but God gives it a body just as he wishes. See, now, Paul gets really down to it here. God gives a body as it pleases him. Got that? This resurrected body thing is going to be as God designed. You know, I look at this room right now and, and, and every single one of us are different. I mean, even those who are related are different. Isn't that strange? 
Okay, and yet they may have some inherent things that make them look similar. But the truth of the matter is, if you're really honest with yourself, identical twins are not. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're close, but they're not identical. All right? So when you look at the natural realm, you have to say, wow, does God have an imagination or what? Well, what will the supernatural realm be? I don't know. (laughs) I'm thinking we'll still see imagination. But think about it from this perspective. An imagination that only stands in the glory of who God is. Let that wrestle around and bounce a minute. That there just makes you go, what? Resurrected people that are only the glory of God and his imagination. That's what he's, Paul's getting to us right here. God gives it a body as he wishes. Okay? See, this may be the most important point of the whole 15th chapter. Okay? The point for Paul here, the point for, should be for you and I, is the basis of the power, and that power is God. Look at just the people who are here right now. Every one of us are different. Okay? And yet every one of us or what? God's creation. What will we be in resurrected physical bodies glorified, transformed? Use my term, different. Different than we are now. That's totally awesome. What is the power of God? To make every one of us glorified in an eternal body. The whole process is in whose hands? God's hands. When I think about farmers, I think about them in the perspective of my, some of my relatives were farmers. Um, who has a greater faith than a farmer? I mean, do you realize <laughs> you're taking a bunch of dead seeds and going and burying them in the ground and then crossing your fingers? And yet the crop that comes forth is who? God has brought forth. And we had a holiday based on this. Thanksgiving. What has God given us? This whole process of Life, death, burial, decomposing, new life, resurrection is whose process? God's process. And what do you do to help that process? You go get yourself planted. I mean, that's about it. God can give anything, anybody he wants to give it. 
That's amazing. This is the truth. I want you to think about this. God can do anything he wants when it comes to passing out bodies. Right? And if God can take some little seed and give it a body that rises up out of the ground that is in no way like the seed that was planted, yet it has the same life principles. And God does that every harvest. Every planting season, every growing season is purely the hand of God planting something that is dead into the ground to watch it raise up in the form that God deems necessary. Then, why would I underestimate the body that God can give to me or to you in the resurrection? That's what the Apostle Paul is getting at here in verse 38. But God gives it a body just as he wished. And to each of the seeds, a body of its own. That means I don't have to share mine with nobody. I like that. I don't have to share it with a carrot. I like that. I get my own body. That means we are each individuals. Where? Forever. In heaven and on earth. That's one of them things I still haven't been able to negotiate yet. We get to go back and forth between heaven and earth. Light rail. I don't know how that works. Um, I've looked at some of those numbers on the universe and I can't say them. Okay. I was doing, nah, never mind. I won't get in. I've been doing a study on amino acids. That's what happens when you get bored. <laughs> um, that is the building block for creation. Anything that lives is based on an amino acid. Uh, and they have run out of numbers for the different combinations of amino acids. Figure that out. Okay? Who did that? God. Which means that what? Your resurrected body will be out of this world. <laughs> Out of this world. How would I underestimate what God can do? All right, now listen. Look what he says. Just as he wishes, he wills. It is a matter of God's will. Okay, so when you look at that and you look at your outline, it says the desire. Whose desire is it? It's God's. It's God. And every seed has its own body. Every one that goes into the ground, one comes out of the ground. Now, the tragedy is those who do not believe in Jesus Christ do get a resurrected body. They're not going to be real happy with it. No, it doesn't mean that they're coming out ugly. Okay, oh, I didn't know it was going to be so frumpy. No, because it will be able to stand eternal torment without dying. Gee, sign me up for that. Okay, so every human being gets a resurrected body as God's wishes. Okay, you know, and I've got to be honest with you, those who are going to hell, it's black and looks are probably irrelevant. I mean...
You know, and I want to close with just this thought. Okay. When I read this verse 38, to each of the seeds a body of its own. This is an interesting thought that I had. Do you realize that you can't tell the body by looking at the seed? I can't tell what it's going to be like. I can plant deer corn in the ground. Can you tell me how many ears that I have? I can't even tell you how many leaves that I have. I can't tell you how tall it'll be or how short it'll be. Did you think about that? I mean, he uses the same illustrations Jesus used in John's Gospel, chapter 12, that plant it in the ground, plant the ground, and the grain in the ground, it dies, decomposes, brings forth much fruit. But you know what? You don't know what the fruit will look like. Now, do you? And I mean, you know what? Um, we've used the word harvest and, and, and all of this for the preaching of the gospel and all the rest of it. And we think, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I preached for this many messages and, you know, 900 people all came to salvation. We got baptized. It was just a big bathtub thing and we had a blast. Okay. But what do you do with the man who preaches the same message and it condemns 5,000? still bears fruit, doesn't it? You know, I see everybody wants, oh, they're going to take that ministry. <laughs> Let me run around condemning everybody. But it's true. It still has a harvest. Does it not? You want a non-biblical book that deals with this? this is an amazing book, actually. Um, Josephus. Uh, it's toward the end of uh, the volume, uh, and it is Josephus' debate with the Greeks concerning death. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a fascinating read. I don't know how much truth I'll put into it, but he has some fascinating points more than Adam's belly button. Um, that whoever you are, that soul, that person, that conscience is yours forever. And should you reject Jehovah, then you get that conscience, that soul, that memory for eternity as he torments you for your rejection. And it literally becomes part of your condemnation. Yay. I mean, you know, that's Josephus. He's a historian. Uh, you know, what do we put stock in? I don't know. I'm just telling you that that's a fascinating concept because what goes in definitely comes out. It's different, but yet it is the same life principle, is it not? Jesus had the ability to say, look, my scars. Paul is saying, you and I get the same thing. We go into the ground one way, we come out of the ground another way, and yet uniquely the same. And yet we still do not get to say, what does it look like? I planted it, I can say, I planted it in the ground as a human and it came out 
like this. Why? God gives it a body just as he wished. Okay? So the illustration of the resurrection is the seed. Is the seed. Next week, we'll look at the form of the bodily resurrection. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that the Apostle Paul penned these down. And even though we with finite minds try to grasp infinite um, futilely, Father, I rest in the assurance that you give as you wish. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that each of us called by your name looks forward to a resurrected body that will be glorified that will radiate the glory of our savior and our creator our lord our god father let us be overwhelmed with that you wish you desire and you do and yet father i can't tell what it looks like by looking at the seed. But I can tell. Know infinitely. And emphatically. That when it dies. It will be raised. Imperishable. Thank you Lord. Thank you. In Christ's name. Amen.